0: Welcome to He Said, She Said, where faith intersects culture.
1: With your favorite father-daughter duo. Our quote of the day is 2 Timothy 4.3, For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap for themselves teachers, having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth, and shall be turned into fables. This quote kind of fits perfectly and encompasses all that we're going to be talking about today today we're going to dive into gay theology and the biblical perspective and we thought it appropriate because my father is a spiritual leader within the community and a pastor of a church that we're kind of going to do this interview style because he spent a lot of time researching this topic and he and i have actually spent countless hours kind of going back and forth about gay theology and the biblical perspective Um, but first and foremost we want to acknowledge there is a lot of confusion in the church about many theological issues and homosexuality or same-sex relationships is just one of them Um, and this is kind of what motivated us to start this podcast Uh, but dad i just wanted to ask you why do you think there is so much confusion within the church regarding uh, homosexuality but also a lot of other hot topic issues
0: i want to want to clarify something first i think i think there's there is significant confusion with some theological issues and then there are differences Mm. and and to me those are those are two different things because there there are things in scripture say eschatology you know end time end time studies there's 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 lots of varying opinions and and it could go either way um that that that's something that you're going to find depending on who you talk to there's differing opinions but then there are Things that I think are more significant,
1: like salvation issues, Sal-
0: salvation issues, issues like issues like gay theology that we're talking about today, that um, everyone has had the same opinion or perspective on this for a couple thousand of years, and, and actually even longer if you consider the passages of scripture that we're going to mention from the Old Testament, five thousand years or, or or more have held a certain position on certain certain relationships. Mm-hmm. and specifically this is speaking to gay theology. So I think there's, there's, there's differing opinions that you can have when you, when you study scripture, and theologians debate these things all the time. But then, then the vast majority of Christians will hold to a certain view, and then you'll have this aberrant, or unusual theology or perspective on a specific thing and I think gay theology is could be lumped into that category so I just wanted to wanted to say that so I'll answer the question why why is there so much confusion I think there's a lot of reasons but we are very much living in a post post post-christian post-modern culture Mm -hmm. when I say post-modern post-modernism is defined as characterized by broad skepticism subjective subjectivism relativism so there's 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 lots of different truth you have your own truth I have my own truth I don't think truth can even be defined that way there's no absolute truth so we're living in this very skeptical culture where everything is 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 questioned and you know all these institutions that seem to be breaking down are helping things because Mm -hmm. because it seems like you can't find truth anywhere and certainly not on social media um, there there's all these varying opinions it seems like it seems like everybody's being deceitful or lying to you politicians are yeah. constantly count, uh, caught in lies we have spiritual leaders that you're constantly reading about in the paper or on social media <laughs> that that you know say they live in a certain way and they and they don't so there's a broad skepticism out there a questioning of of people in authority with with somewhat good reason good
1: reason yeah yeah
0: so and then um I think it's. I I think you'd be na- naive and ignorant to say that the Judeo Christian ethic has not been something that's been interwoven into American culture.
1: Oh, absolutely. Um,
0: so, um, th- there seems to be a fleeing away of that, and I think that's primarily because of what's being taught in our universities and even even in our high schools. Just the different different philosophies. There's a straying away from that Judeo Christian ethic. Mm-hmm. Um, there there are, i don't know what the what the stats are but there are many people that don't even believe that there's a transcendent god period it's yeah. just it's just us it's just mankind so there's lots of different reasons for that and then i think another reason why there's confusion is c- because there are there are significant influential leaders in the church that are rising up um with this new theology it's called progressive theology or revisionist theology or gay gay revisionist theology mm-hmm. where where they're questioning, you know, some sometimes five thousand years of of teaching and understanding in, in in the church and they're coming up with their with their own theology and, and quite frankly, I think grossly misinterpreting yeah. some obvious some obvious scriptures which we're gonna talk about today.
1: Right. So, so let's just break it down real fast. Uh can you kind of define Gay theology, like what is the terminology and the definition behind that?
0: This is not a term that I came up with on my <laughs> on my own. Uh, this is something that's fairly well known in in the church community. It's called it's called gay theology or, or gay revisionist theology, but mm-hmm. gay theology for short. And there's broad categories of, of of arguments, and we can't possibly tackle this all in one in no. one podcast because it's nuanced. And there are some some smaller arguments. I, I just brought up the significant ones that kinda of generally speak about all of them, then encapsulate all of them. So one claim by uh people who believe or, or teach in gay theology is that that Christians have a prejudice against homosexuals, which leads them to misread certain biblical texts. And we're gonna read read from those scriptures today. So their their accusation is that because there's this inherent prejudice which is kind of interesting. You know, that's kind of what's, what's happening in culture with all this racial, racial tension. Because you mm-hmm. are a certain part of a certain group or a certain color of skin. You're
1: inherently racist right, towards a particular Or, or you group. hold
0: these certain views. So, so I think there is this belief and mistrust, because these are people in spiritual authority, that they're missing, because of their prejudice, they read their prejudice into scripture. Mm-hmm. And I, that can't happen. Absolutely it can
1: happen
0: and I can't speak for all Christians. I can only speak for me and you can only speak for you and the people that we know directly um i I disagree with that I'm, I'm sure that there are there are people like that, but um when it when it becomes very obvious what Scripture says about an issue and and I think the scriptures I'm going to read today are 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 they're very plain mm-hmm. i mean I, I don't I don't find them very confusing. So whether you have a prejudice or not, it doesn't change what what that passage of scripture says. Right. You know, I think it's again, I think it's it's obvious. It's not confusing about what it says. So, so they think there's an inherent prejudice uh, towards homosexuals, and and again, and I'll I'll touch on this just real quickly. And Natalie, I know that you've ex- experienced this. There there are biases or prejudices in the church. Um, about the gay community, mm-hmm. there there are all sorts of presumptions and assumptions, and um, and Christians have not always dealt with this issue well. And when they talk about it, they seem to get offended and, and, yeah. and defensive, and that's and that's wrong. We don't we don't support that view. We think Christians should be compassionate and loving. We should we should stand by truth and do that courageously, but we should do it we should do it with the spirit of love. Yeah. Uh, secondly. Scriptures that supposedly condemn homosexual behavior have actually been mistranslated. It kind of ties into the to the first one, and then the, uh, the the third thing that encapsulates gay theology is that scriptures that supposedly condemn homosexual be- behavior have been taken out of context and do not apply to our present present society. Now that ties into all that ties into what's happening in progressive theology. With a lot of with different a lot of issues. issues, yeah, not just homosexuality. They they think um, basically scripture's out of date. You know, there are certain things that are talked about in scripture that just don't apply today, or they apply to different things because it was. Thousands of years yeah, ago, that, or
1: even in the the church community, there's certain yeah. sects that believe the Holy Spirit isn't as active and present in society as it was in, let's say, the Book of
0: Acts. Right. So,
1: so that problem is even within the church.
0: Sure, sure. I mean, these are these are other podcasts, but but issues about whether whether there are apostles today, whether right. there are prophets women can today, preach, all women that preaching stuff. in the church, and and we'll talk about some of those things because I think they're scheduled. Can't for some wait of for our those future, future <laughs> podcasts. But uh, so that's not unusual or specific just to this issue of gay gay theology,
1: so. right? So we're gonna deep dive into some of these verses, um, but try and do it in a way that it's it's tangible to you guys. But we're gonna go through um, same sex relationships through. Um, the biblical passages so dad what are some of these passages that talk about same-sex relationships all
0: right there are six specific passages of scripture um just just for the sake of time um, i'm just going to encourage you folks to write these references down i'm not going to read all of them but like the first one in genesis is kind of nigh or long it's genesis 19 it talks about the destruction of sodom sodom and gomorrah and I'm not saying this is the only reason why Sodom and Gomorrah was judged. I think there were many reasons. And I think It's
1: a good thing to clarify. Yeah,
0: I think one of the one of the main reasons was just their 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 apathy. Mm. Their, their they were just living um lavish lifestyles, just self-absorbent lifestyles, but it does point out something specific that uh, because of the topic we're talking about today applies. So um anyhow it's in Genesis 19 verses 1 through 1 through 5 and i'm just going to read 3 through 3 through 5 but he insisted so strongly that they did not go with him and entered his house he prepared a meal for them baking bread without yeast and they ate before they had gone to bed all the men from every part of the city of Sodom both young and old surrounded the surrounded the house they called to Lot Lot was inside. Lot was inside this house. They were trying to get Lot and his family out of this house. Where are the men who came to you tonight? Bring them out so that we can have sex with them. It was very obvious that this group of men wanted to have sex with these with these men. Um, this is one of the reasons why Sodom and Gomorrah was was destroyed. Um, then uh, Leviticus 18 verse 22. Uh, there's a long list of prohibitions in these passages of Scripture in Leviticus. I just drew out one specific passage in 22 that talks specifically about uh, same-sex relationships. Relationships. These were commandments to the, to the Israelites and to God's people. Do not have sex, sexual relations with a man as one does with a woman. That is detestable. That's one of those verses that they say, "Well, that's talking about pedophilia." O- older, yes. It's not talking it's not talking about um, homosexual, same-sex relationships or monogamous relationships. Because gay th- I, I want to give gay theology some credit here. People who believe in gay theology believe that, that a gay couple should be a monogamous couple. They they shouldn't be sleeping around. They mm-hmm. don't believe that you can Piant, be jumping right? around from, from partner to partner to partner. Um, but it, it's, I, I spent a lot of time studying this verse, and it means exactly what it says. It it means a man lying with a man. It's not talking about pedophilia. It's talking about same-sex relationships between a man and a man, or it, it applies a woman to a woman. And I'll get into some of those passages in the New Testament that sp- specifically talk about women also. Mm-hmm. Then there's a Leviticus twenty thirteen. It says, "If a man lies with a male as he lies with a woman, both of them have committed an, an abomination. They shall surely be put to death. Their blood shall be upon them." And by the way, we live in a new covenant. <laughs> this was specifically ruled to the Israelites under a different covenant. And quite frankly, um, uh, I, I was just going to use a, a big big word that would have no meaning to some people that were listening but they, they were just living under a different time and there was a different sort of interaction or relationship between god and man and there wasn't the holy spirit wasn't holy present spirit. you know to help to help people you know be, be righteous them. you know and, and be good so um there were some some seemingly very strict punishments uh but that was one of them that was in leviticus 2013 and then uh I do want to take the time to read a few more verses in Romans, Romans one. Um and if people are writing these passages of scripture down, it's Romans one eighteen through twenty or thirty thirty-one. And I'm just gonna read um starting from verse twenty four. Therefore God also gave them up to uncleanness and the lust of their hearts to dishonor their bodies among themselves who exchanged the truth of God for the lie. I think that certainly applies to what's mm-hmm. going on in culture today and in the church, the capital C Church, and worshipped and served the creature rather than the creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. For this reason, God gave them up to, to vile passions. For even their women exchanged the natural use for what is against nature, Likewise, also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust for one another, men with men, committing what is shameful and receiving in themselves the penalty of their error, which was due. Um, I don't think that passage of Scripture is very confusing. It's talking about same-sex relationships, sexual relationships, intimacy between a woman and a woman and a man and a man. Mm And Paul is, is saying in Romans that this is, this is not wrong. This is a sin against God. Then there are, uh, I think, two more passages, one in 1 Corinthians 6, 9. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the, the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither fornicators, and a fornicator is someone who has inappropriate sexual relations, period. Not just talking about homosexuality, because homosexuality is specifically spoken about in this in this passage. It says, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, you know, so that includes even men and women who are having se- sex outside of marriage, mm-hmm. nor homosexuals, nor sodomites. So again, not very confusing. And then first Timothy one, eight through eleven. We know that the law is good if one uses it properly. We also know the law is made not for the righteous, but for the lawbreakers and rebels, the ungodly and sinful, the unholy and irreligious, for those who kill their fathers or mothers or murderers, for the sexually immoral, for those practicing homosexuality, for slave traders and liars and perjurers, and for whatever else is contrary to sound doctrine that conforms to the gospel concerning the glory of the blessed God, which he entrusted me. So those are those are the six passages, the only that I've found, that sp- specifically talk about same-sex relationships. There are all sorts of other passages of Scripture mm-hmm. that touch on this subject that that talk about or communicate very clearly what God's ideal is for human companionship, sexual relationships, and specifically marriage, right. you know, because that's a hot topic. Yeah,
1: and I, I think we we want to go into that and touch on that. Like We have these passages, but when you look at the Bible as a whole and how God intended a relationship between man and woman to be, but also his creation with their creator— um, we can kind of see that e- even without those those very specific passages god is very clear on what his intention was and we're kind of going to go into that and you can kind of touch on like the biblical perspective even without having to use these six passages to go to talk about it
0: well in uh, in genesis at the start at the start of the bible if you start at the beginning and work your way to the end when it gets to where god is is creating creating mankind. He creates one man and one woman. Mm. He doesn't create two men. He doesn't create two women. He creates a man and a woman, and he creates, creates them as sexed human beings. They have certain reproductive organs. It's very obvious that that, that, that first relationship was the relationship that God would, would continue with creation, with our participation Mm -hmm. The only way that we can procreate and have babies is with a man and a woman, even though people are investigating other ways to do that.
1: That would be wild. You know,
0: but, but even, even the successful ways that are used today, they're using, they're they're not natural. Yeah. Yeah. But they're using a man, man and a woman fluids from a man and a woman to create, to, to create a baby. So, you know, it's very obvious at the beginning that that ideal relationship of companionship and marriage and the first marriage was that you know between Adam and Eve and it was happened to be one man and one woman not not two men and two women or one man and two women it was one man and one one woman so that was that was that was God's that was God's intention.
1: I also like want to touch on that really quick I think we're living in a culture where Women don't need men. I mean, in this this feminist movement, and I would I like to call myself a feminist um in you know maybe the original context of the word, but we're living in an age where women say they don't need men and and men don't need women, and there's not like a value to these relationships. so I, I just kind of want to touch on why God saw the importance of a man having a union with a woman, and why bringing those two sexes together is so important with their differences.
0: Jordan Jordan Peterson who's who's not uh what I would classify as a Christian but but certainly on a spiritual journey talks a lot a lot about this. Yeah. Um but um again, it touches on it touches on the confusion in, in, in culture. There seems to be a lot of confusion as to what a man and what a woman is and what makes a man and a woman there's talk of gender identity and, and sex. Some people see gender identity identity and and, and, and and sex as the same difference as the same thing. Um, I, I'm, I'm willing willing to agree that, that identity in, encapsulates a lot of different things in a person—the way they, they they think and respond. But I would say that when you say or or someone asks the question, "What sex are you?" I think it's I think it's pretty obvious to to most people in the world what that question means. It means, "Are you a man or are you a woman?" So I think there's a clear difference between a man and a woman. And I think if people were willing to have some some serious, transparent, and honest conversations about this. Uh, they would say there's a there's a significant difference between men and women by the way they look, by the way they act. Now I, I realize that that there are some that there are some men who may have more feminine tendencies in the sense that, you know, that whatever, they don't like guns, they don't like football. They might even I I was at a conference and there was like a, a young young guy, probably Nineteen or twenty walking through the hallway cross stitching i 'm not kidding while he was walking oh, no way. i don 't know how, i don 't know how you can do that first of all it took it 's
1: <laughs> pretty impressive. it
0: took some skill it took some skill, but you, you know you could immediately say well you know, th- there 's something, there's something wrong with him in and, and, and culture and culture does that. Culture has stereotypes and expected, yeah. expected behaviors i didn 't jump to those conclusions. I thought it was kind of interesting that he was doing <laughs> it, it while he was walking. You know, but but you know there are significant differences, but there's some some bleed over. Yeah, and certainly. these
1: differences are meant to be like complementary qualities um, to absolutely, each other. Absolutely,
0: absolutely. You know, when I when I think about your mom and I,
1: yeah,
0: our life has been much better. It gets it's complicated. <laughs> there's been tension, and there's been there's been some some discussions. Um, but but our lives have been better because we complement one another. Yeah, because we are different.
1: Very very very, very different, different. Very
0: different. And I'm thankful. F- I'm thankful for that because yeah. you navigate life better when your when your partner is different from you. Mm-hmm. And those differences are because we have different personalities and different gifts and talents. But it also is because she's a woman
1: and you are a man. And, and I
0: am <laughs> and I am a man. And yeah, you know, th- there's i'm physically stronger than she is that 's not better or worse it 's just that i 'm physically stronger that's very handy in a relationship, yeah, uh, even though there are some times that I ask her to help me carry. <laughs> I will openly admit that but but uh, again, just touching on ge- genesis it 's very obvious that God created man and woman to be to be different but to complement one another yeah so um that's that's obvious all the way through scripture. Jesus touches on that. He touches on the creation of creation of mankind, you know, be a man and a woman. So this is not just something that you see in the Old Testament; it's in the New Testament also.
1: Right, and I I think um, our issue with gay theology is it violates God's intentional design, absolutely, for gender and sexuality.
0: Absolutely, and, and it and it makes it very confusing. And the sad thing, what grieves me, is it makes it incredibly confusing for for kids mm-hmm. who are already dealing with enough trying to discover who they are and having identity issues and insecurities now to throw this in the mix you know something that's been taught taught at least in in american culture since its conception this is what a man is this is what a woman is a man and a woman gets married now now it's just a a blend of confusion quite frankly and i see young people struggling with it We, we struggle we have conversations with parents in this, in in our church at three twenty one East Avenue, mm. Bethel Christian Fellowship, of parents who have had discussion with their kids and their kids are confused by what they're being being taught, um, because right. it's it's just, yeah, it's just. I mean, I was crazy. talking
1: to my friend the other day, and I'm like, I'm so thankful that I was raised in a nuclear Christian family because I was pretty um, tomboy growing up i was shooting guns with my brothers and playing and dirt hunting like all my friends were boys so i very well could have turned out and thought i was a boy and transitioned if i was in in a in a household where they encouraged that absolutely so i'm just thankful that i wasn't living in an environment where it brought that kind of confusion and you you let me do that but you also affirmed my femininity and who I was as a woman. We
0: never, we never pushed certain gender roles from culture. You didn't have on to. Our, I was a kid. Kids, yeah. You know. Now that doesn't mean that I wouldn't be concerned if uh, I, I, I had started a son calling myself or a Nate. <laughs> yeah. Or, or you were confused about what your gender was. Right. Which kids are coming home in the single digits? You know, six, seven, eight, or nine. Yeah. You know, saying, you know, my teacher told me. That I can be a, a, a boy or I can be a girl, I can be whatever I want. I mean, that's confusing. That's mm-hmm. confusing because what? Do, honestly, what does that mean? And most most people, most people w- would would probably correct that child and, and say, N- "No, you are. If he's a boy, he's like, you you are a boy, yeah. and this is why you are a boy. Maybe staying away from." <laughs> Certain details, depending but this is on their another age.
1: reason why it's so important for parents to be involved in their children's education. Absolutely, make sure you know what your teachers are teaching your children. Um, we could we could go in all sorts of direction more about um, gay theology in the Bible, but I really want to touch on this because even with like um, we can talk about the black lives matter movement or progressive Christianity, it, there's a huge focus on Jesus and what he did. And people are like, Oh, just love like Jesus. Um, they, they don't talk about how Jesus was just in his judgment. Um, but it's a lot about how Jesus lived his life. So one of the arguments is that he said nothing about homosexuality in the gospels. Um, so I kind of want to talk to you about how this premise it's misleading and it's illogical to say that.
0: Well, First first of all, they they tend to stick to just the red letters. There are certain absolutely yeah, there are certain Bibles that will have just red letters where Jesus is Jesus is speaking. And then the rest is where men were speaking under and I would say that is true, but under the inspiration of God. But I think it's interesting where the Gospel of John starts out talking about describing who Jesus John describes, he starts differently than all the other gospel uh, yeah. writers. And he says, "Jesus, Jesus is the Word," which means the Word of God.
1: The Word was God and the Word is God." Yes, yes. The,
0: that, that, that's, that's the Bible. That's everything in the Bible. So to say that Jesus is not connected to anything that doesn't have red letters is false. Mm-hmm. Jesus Jesus preexisted his incarnation. He was, he was there at the beginning of, beginning of creation. John talks about that specifically he's he's always existed not in fleshly form he didn't exist in fleshly form which is called the incarnation until he was he was born through the virgin birth of, of mary that's when he became a fleshly human being fully god fully man that's that's a whole other topic too yeah <laughs> because that's confusing for people who are in church. that on church that's confusing for some people who it are within church. the church um but so so the, the the word the word is inspired by god god is jesus is part of the trinity the father son and the holy spirit mm-hmm. so you can't just stick to the red letters that jesus said and those are the only things that apply to us or are apply to jesus but even so jesus jesus talked about the marriage uh, he he showed up at a at, at a wedding and it was a wedding between a between a man and a and a woman he certainly certainly endorsed that while he didn't Specifically, say anything against homosexuality. It's there mm-hmm. in the new in the New Testament because God wanted it to be there, and Jesus wanted it to be there.
1: Yeah, and there's there's a, there's a a very popular saying within the church, but for people who aren't familiar with it, Jesus came um, to fulfill the law. Not abolish the law so all, right. all the things that were talked about in the Old Testament let's say about homosexuality Jesus didn't come to rid of that but he came to fulfill it in a way that um, there is not death from sin that that God can um, give us a way to go to heaven
0: right yeah I mean if if you spend some time reading some of Jesus's first teachings like like the Beatitudes the Mount of the Beatitudes in Matthew Matthew 5 and go through the, the longest recorded sermon ever in human human yeah. history, was was the the Beatitudes. Um, Jesus Jesus basically um, repeats a lot of the like the Ten Commandments. He, yeah, you know he talks about you know you say you say murder is wrong, but I say if you have murder in your heart or anger in your heart, that it's the same thing as murder. You know he he talked about those Old Testament passages, but again, there's a difference between New Covenant and Old Covenant. The, the Old Covenant was specifically with the people group, with mm-hmm. the Jews, with the Israelites. There are certain things in that covenant, certain laws and regulations. You know, I mentioned the, the passages from Leviticus. Some of those obviously apply to us today. Some of those don't. I mean, you weren't able to, to cut, your, cut your beard and eat shellfish mm-hmm. and all sorts of other things that applied specifically to the nation of Israel to keep them healthy and to keep them away from the pagan culture. That don't necessarily apply but the Holy Spirit is in us today to keep us away from pagan pagan practices Mm -hmm. and and false and false teachings so So
1: what would you say to someone who just said homosexuality fell within that pagan culture but it's not relevant to today
0: well I'm glad you brought that up because because homosexuality is not a new issue obviously because yeah. Scripture talks about it in the Old Testament and the New Testament. Half of those passages that I read our were new from Testament. our New Testament, New Covenant passages. So it, it's not a new issue. The Church has the churches dealt with it. It's why those Scripture verses are in there, yeah. because this has been an issue since the beginning of, a to- beginning of time, not just w- with regards to men being attracted to men or women being attracted to women, but just sin mm. in general yeah um since sin entered into the world and mankind falls into temptation there's there's all sorts of issues there's really there's really no new issue you know it's it's the same sort of sin and it's basically a rejection of God's ways and his laws and what so concerns me about gay gay theology is they're taking scripture Mm. and twisting it I'm less concerned with people out in the world that they could care less about about scripture right um because then, th- then we can talk from a different a, a different framework. But we're talking specifically about gay theology. When people
1: are misinterpreting misinterpreting the Bible. scripture,
0: and that that to me really concerns it's me. Dangerous. Yeah, it's it's very dangerous.
1: Yeah. Um. So now that that was a lot, um. But now that we kind of went through all of that and gave our perspective on it, uh, Me personally, um. I'm very close to someone. He's gay, and he he um, grew up Christian. Mm -hmm. And he's now in a relationship with a man. And we've been having these very late night conversations because he's really wrestling with um, believing in God and wanting to live a life honoring of him, but also wanting to be in a relationship with with his partner. Uh, And so one of the questions that he asked is, can you be a practicing homosexual or gay person and a practicing Christian? at the same time and will the lord um let him into heaven even if he is um practicing homosexuality
0: well first of all i'm not god yeah it's a you good know, point i'm not I'm, I'm not a judge and i think christian and, and by the way it says that you can't pick a plank out of or, or a speck out of your brother's life you if you, if you have own. a plank in your own it doesn't say that you can't judge so I just wanted to get that judge out not of
1: the, lest you be judged
0: right or or judged the same way that you would want to be, want to be judged. You know, it's if if somebody is going the wrong way that or or doing something that could harm themselves. Are you loving them by ignoring it or not saying anything because you're concerned that you're going to offend them, yeah. hurt their feelings? I think that's wrong. I don't think that defines what yeah. what what love is.
1: I will say I think that. The reason my dad and I have um, that we're talking about this is because he, he is a Christian and he believes in the same God we do and he's asking us this. My, my dad and I, and we believe most Christians probably shouldn't be doing this, going to non-Christians who are homosexuality and being like, you're going to hell for what you're doing or trying right. to have like an open theological conversation with them. It, it logically does not make sense to hold non-Christians to a biblical standard when they don't believe in what we believe.
0: Absolutely. So Absolutely. I just
1: wanted to clarify that really quick. But going back to the question, um, if you are practicing homosexuality, but you are also going to church and a practicing Christian, and um, what does that look like? And do you think they'll go to heaven?
0: Now, I want to say that there's a difference between, between temptation and a, different, a difference between acting on that temptation or acting out that sin. I think you need to delineate or draw the difference between the two. Mm-hmm. We are all tempted. We don't have to give in to that temptation. So you can't you can't say, "I, I know." I've had friends that have dealt with this. Yeah. Um. In, in in college, and we have people in our congregation that deal with this every day. They have these same sex feelings or these these attractions to the same sex. You can't just deny them and say that they don't exist. Yeah. Because they do, and we. We can get into long discussions, and I'm not, I'm not qualified to talk about some of these things, but I, I don't know why people, people have said, well, that's because of there's sin in mankind and because sin in mankind, it's marred our identity, and this is why they have same-sex a, a, attractions. I don't know why they have those feelings, but those are feelings. That's not sin. yeah, to feel that way. Now, if you're lusting after them, which is basically mentally undressing them, dreaming or envisioning. Or um, you know th- th- that you're having a sexual relationship with them, yeah. then that's lust. You're lusting in your heart and your mind. But if you just have an attraction towards someone and you're not acting on it, that is not sin. And I know there's a lot of people in church that deal with that, that that's, mm-hmm. that struggle with that. Well, quite quite a few, anyways, because I've I've talked with them. Um, so that that's important. There's
1: that. Yeah. There, so
0: there's that side, but. With gay theology, it's basically given permission for people to act on that, to live that way, live that lifestyle, in a in, in a same sex relationship, acting on those those, those sexual drives and, and and attraction, and then falling into sin. That to me, is 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 significant. Now, um. So so there's that. But are are they going to heaven or going to hell? I've been asked that question. I don't. I don't, don't know. know. I'm not the judge. I know that God is more compassionate than I am, mm-hmm. and I'm a pretty compassionate guy. Um, but God is more compassionate than than and I am. And He's
1: the only one that truly knows the content of these people's hearts yeah. in the first place. And
0: His desire is that everyone's saved, everyone is saved, everyone lives in a, in a close, intimate relationship with Him, and and everyone lives out the ideal of uh, uh, of a fruitful lifestyle. And He's kind of defined what that what that is. So. You know, I don't know. I don't want to stand and judge. I, I hate those questions, to be honest with you. I when know. I know. When, when he me asked that.
1: me this, I was like, ugh. Oh.
0: And some of them ask ask you because they want to trap you and they want to make, make, make you make look was, like he a meaner. But he was meanie.
1: genuinely concerned right, right, right. for right. his salvation.
0: Yeah. Then I would say, I'm not going to give you my opinion. I'm going to point you to these passages of Scripture because the Bible has something to say about that. Yeah. And you're gonna have to you're gonna have to pray, and you're gonna have to have to ask God your, yourself. Right. And that's the way I handle all tough things, not just with regards to homosexuality, because I can see, I can see the pain, I can see the hurt. It's not easy. Because they've been maybe they've been wounded in the church, or maybe they're just generally confused, and they they are truly seeking seeking truth. Well, I want to point them to truth, not my opinion. True. I want to point them to to truth. So I would point them to the scriptures, and I've done that. I've had people come up to me after a service when i've talked about the these issues and they've said you know i've been struggling with this and um you know i'm i'm just i'm just really confused can you point me to some scripture verses mm-hmm. and uh, is is god happy with me does god still love me and 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 god god still loves anybody even if they're struggling with with sin yeah um so i, I see the pain in people's eyes and and the frustration that people experience in confusion so but but i i just point people to the word i point people to scripture and i tell them you 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 need to let the spirit of god speak to you right. about this i don't want to give you my opinion i just want to i want to give you what what scripture says
1: right um and this is this can be answered very quickly but it was also asked um can a gay person be a member of the church and f- for a pastor's a church what, what would you say? I, ar- I already know your answer, but for every everybody else.
0: Well, it depends on what you mean by membership.
1: That's a good point. Because How active are they within yeah, the congregation? how active are they?
0: There are certain membership... Certain churches have membership requirements. We have membership requirements. Now, that does not mean that somebody who's not a member can't come to our services or our functions. They can. But being a member means... I subscribe to your statement of faith. I have your perspective on certain scripture verses, mm-hmm. um, you know, so that's what membership is. It, it means I am, I am signing up to be discipled by this church and the leaders of this church, yeah. and, and I believe with your certain views and, and perspectives on, 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 these, on these things. So membership at Bethel would require that. Membership at Bethel would, would require that you don't subscribe to gay theology. So that that needs to be made made clear. Mm-hmm. But we have had we have people who who currently struggle with this or have struggled with this that are faithful um, participants. Some are are members because they're because they know that that lifestyle is wrong. They consider it sin and they don't live that way anymore. But still, you know, still have their temptations mm-hmm. and struggles that are actually members of the church so it kind of depends on what you mean by membership but at bethel all are welcome to walk in these doors yeah with certain conditions i mean you you can't run around during while i'm preaching it's very <laughs> distracting you gotta wear I you gotta that wear clothes recently. and we've had people come in here <laughs> we <laughs> have maybe not a lot with a trench clothes. coat on and nothing so yeah yeah so you gotta be dressed
1: so um just to clarify, if, if someone's asking, what it, okay, so what if it's someone that's having uh, premarital sex or is getting drunk a lot? Can they be a member of the church and can they be involved in, let's say, worship team or kids' church or something like that?
0: No, no, there are certain there again membership. There are certain requirements. Pe- people who are people who are leading certain ministries, they we have to know that they're living a certain a certain lifestyle. So it it, it could be any sin issue that that the scripture points out if if people are pursuing a I'm lifestyle sure. of, of that and they want to be members they they can't be a member. They have to be a disciple of Christ and there are certain requirements to be a disciple to be to be Christ-like to be a Christian.
1: Yes, we are not just uh, singling singling out the, the gay community. Absolutely. Yes.
0: Absolutely not.
1: Um so you kind of mentioned feeling like um, gay people who are struggling with these feelings and, and they can't really control them. We're kinda we're gonna talk about conversion therapy and this is a very controversial topic. And I remember we had a conversation about this recently.
0: You might know more in, in about your conversion living room. therapy. I've I've read about it a little bit, but you might know more about what what is what is conversion therapy.
1: Well so I mean there are different institutions and organizations that probably do conversion therapy in in, in a different Way, um, But the most popular conversion therapy where people see a problem with it is they will add um, like their shock therapy. Some conversion therapy organizations um, in the South. There was one that got shut down in 2019. I can link it down below. But they were using shock therapy to kind of add a negative consequence when a gay person was expressing this feelings. So it would kind of like reprogram their mind into thinking a different way. Well,
0: that's pretty wrong
1: very wrong i think we can definitely attest to that being wrong so that side of conversion therapy i think we can unanimously agree upon that that is wrong yeah but if you have someone who is gay and they go to just let's say therapy talk therapy about reprogramming their feelings towards same sex right would you do, do you agree with that and do you even think that is helpful, or, or that would even be beneficial.
0: Well, I think it's interesting they use a word like conversion, because I think that they are specifically targeting, even though uh, the laws in Canada, the laws in what what, what was that act that, that is against conversion therapy that... That uh, just got passed in, in, in Canada. Canada. Yeah, yeah I'm looking remember. up the bill right now. Well, we'll put we'll, we'll put that in our in our notes in, in, in the link. But that specifically talks about conversion therapy, and while it doesn't mention specifically churches who who have a, a certain biblical stance against same sex relationships or a lot of this this gender gender teaching, you could specifically target churches from preaching what they believe is the word of God to people and trying to convert them to think differently or to become to become a christian mm. the, the, the that new law or that new act could cause cause the, the the courts or for them to be arrested if they're basically sharing their faith which yeah. is this which is pretty stinking dangerous and i can't believe that that passed there are some laws in the state similar to that but don't seem to necessarily be targeting churches but it is interesting they use that word conversion Because when someone becomes a born again Christian (laughs) they convert (laughs) they convert from the old way of life to a Christian a Christian way of life. So I really think that's targeted more specifically to 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 churches in general, because there are many faiths other than Christianity that believe that sexuality is wrong. Mm -hmm. Islam does. Yeah. Uh, Mormonism does. I mean, so there are a lot of different other religions. It's not just you can't single out Christianity. Many, many other religious faiths oppose same-sex relationships.
1: And do you think that conversion therapy is, is helpful? Like, let's say, in a talk therapy it depen- environment?
0: It depends. I mean, even, even with me as a, as a spiritual leader and a pastor, when someone comes to me who is a Christian or involved in the church and they're struggling with this, um, I don't want to manipulate them to think the way that I think. I want to yeah. I want to point them to to scripture and I want them to make up their own mind. I don't want to make it up for them. We we did that with you kids when you were when you were growing up. Well, we guided you. <laughs> more rigidly when you were when you were younger, yeah. when you when you grew into young adults, we realized that, that that we can't we have to influence you not by not by consequences, but by but you know, by our example. That becomes mm-hmm. more important. So Th- that's that's how i treat any of these situations it's like i i'll i'll show you what the word says um and i may keep you from getting involved in certain things at, in 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 ministry at church it, because people would see you as a spiritual leader mm-hmm. and and we have certain requirements as spiritual leaders um you know so there may be certain restrictions you know i could still point you to, i i'm not going to tell you what to do or tell you what to think
1: yeah and i think we always say this jesus is the only one that can change the heart of a man so if if a gay person is struggling with same-sex attraction jesus is truly the only one that um can can change your heart and maybe even uh transition your feelings to where you're a man that was attracted to a man but now you're attracted to a woman i know you've had people that you've talked to where they struggle with Mm same-sex attraction but then they got saved and now they're married with and have children Mm -hmm. so that that's definitely possible but i think it's important for christians to we plant the seed but we leave it up to god because jesus really is the only one that can transform can i mention
0: one more thing i was just thinking of something this is this is something that uh, matthew vines in a book that he wrote and again we're going to provide links and references to all the things that we're talking about the scripture verses at, at the bottom down below or um, wherever it is, I don't know where it shows up in on like the, podcast. the little description box. In the little description yeah. box,
1: I got you. I'll take okay. care of it.
0: Yeah, but but Matthew Vines wrote wrote a book on gay theology, and I can't remember I can't remember the name the name of the book. But he touches on well, if you if you have Pastor David's perspective, or it's not by the way, it's not just my perspective. Um, most Christians believe the way that we believe they have an issue with gay theology then you, you destine somebody who's struggling with this to celibacy the rest of their life. Mm. I disagree with that because that denies the power of the Holy Spirit. I agree. It denies sanctification. It, it denies the work of the Holy Spirit to come into your life and, and change your mind, change your perspective, and even actually change your feelings towards things. Mm-hmm. A perfect example of this is when it comes to unforgiveness. I have talked with people that have experienced the most horrendous things the most horrendous sins against them from one person to to another mm. like molestation and terrible terrible things that in my mind if i dealt with that it would be hard to forgive that person really hard to forgive that mm-hmm. per- especially if they weren't asking to be forgiven I agree. and they they didn't admit that they they did something wrong they denied it um i would have trouble forgiving but i know people that have found forgiveness for those individuals. And by the way, it doesn't absolve them from the thing that they did wrong. But no longer they held captive, captive from, from that offense and that anger. Who does that? You can't do that yeah. without the power of the Absolutely. Holy Spirit. So, and, and quite frankly, I've talked to people that have dealt with that, and they say they actually love that person now. You can't do that <laughs> without as a the human holy without the holy, without the holy spirit. I
1: absolutely agree. So
0: the holy spirit can come in and do this inner inner working, and you can you can start to desire the opposite sex. Mm-hmm. I know that it's happened because I've had friends that have happened to I've seen it happen, and and they're married, they have kids, and they're happily married. They're not denying who they think they they are or or were. They're living in in God's ideal for yeah. a relationship. Um, so that is so cool. I've seen that. The, there's there's power yeah that could that can totally change those things.
1: absolutely and the last question um he actually texted me this very late last night because i told him like hey like we're, we're gonna keep this very anonymous but can i mention by the way questions? we got permission
0: we from did these folks we did
1: we got permission but he texted me this at 3 a.m and you are a parent you were up i was up I, very late very late but you're a parent so you i want you to speak to this if you were a parent with a child who is gay, how would you respond to them, parent them, nurture them through the situation? if they had a partner, how would you respond to their partner? you haven't had you have not experienced this as I know of I don't think you have but no, if I if you had to, how would you navigate this?
0: first of all, I want to say i don't I don't know I'm not sure because i've never never have I it. don't want to be presumptuous yeah. as to how I would deal with that I, I this is how I think that I would deal with that yeah. I would point them to Scripture. I would, I would love them. I wouldn't make them feel like their sin is any worse than my sin. Yeah. Um, you you want know, to kick them out of I your would house? Not, well, not right away. Yeah. Um, because I've threatened <laughs> a child, not you. You know, because not you're the, me, you're not the me. Child. I'm the perfect dad. have done nothing wrong. <laughs> and I. Be- because they were living a certain way they weren't listening to my counsel and i knew that they would be a bad influence on on the other yeah. the other siblings you know i think parents need to practice tough love you know mm-hmm. they oh my god I, this is another podcast <laughs> there are 35 year olds living with their parents still you know playing video games in their in that their that will their not basement. be me yeah you know so it's like parents need to be parents you know Tough some parents love. just want to be best friends with their and by the way a best friend would would counsel their friend appropriately True. and risk offense if they really love them but so I, I would love them yeah I would love them I would try to understand their perspective I would ask them explain to me what you're feeling help me understand what you're feeling mm-hmm. um, they're asking me because they're they're struggling with it or they're concerned about what I think about it so I would want them to know, first, I love them. Yeah. I may not understand specifically what they're going through or what they're thinking, but but I love them. And no, my first reaction wouldn't be, uh, conform to my ways or I'm going to kick you out. <laughs> yeah. It, it would be because, again, I, I've dealt with kids who have struggled with issues, and that was not my first instinct. Yeah. I love them, love them through that. And then, then I would point them to Scripture. Mm-hmm. Because even if they don't specifically understand the passage of Scripture, the Holy Spirit has the ability to help them mm, understand, mm-hmm. for help them to feel comforted and, and loved. And I would pray more than I would talk, mm. more than I would counsel. I would pray to the Holy Spirit, Holy That's Spirit, you need to clarify to my son or my daughter. And I know parents that are dealing with this specifically. I, I've talked the past couple of weeks with them, and I told them just... Love them, point them to the Word, and most importantly, pray a lot. For yeah, them. we should be praying for our kids a lot, anyhow.
1: I agree. um And this is kind of the last thing I want to touch on, which kind of flows. I think perfectly. you said the last thing
0: was the last thing.
1: Did I? Well, yeah. the, that was the last Psych. question. I I take it back. Okay, this is the very last thing. It's our
0: podcast. We it can is. Do
1: we can do whatever we want, but yeah. also I think this is probably the most important thing. Is what is the Christian response? the homosexual or gay community or the transgender community or any non-christian what is the christian response to to people who are living in
0: sin first i want to say this because i didn't really touch on this yet flee from political correctness Political correctness and, <laughs> and this podcast. idea that we can't say anything that offends anybody. That's just crap. I'm just going to say that's just crap. I
1: mean, if I, you really
0: care about people, you're going to tell them the truth whether they whether well, it hurts absolutely. or not. Absolutely.
1: And I think Christians fall under this misconception. They think if I express truth or what I believe people are going to hate me yes some people will but I I work in an an environment where I am the only Christian one in the whole entire building and I've been in these people's apartments where I express my views a lot of them know that I believe um, being gay is a sin a lot of them know um, I don't get drunk I don't have premarital sex uh, and I don't agree on those things and I have very healthy strong relationships with these people Mm because if you approach these Um, situations or questions in love speak truth in love it's it's really not going to end badly most of the time
0: no no not most of the time and i I found that to be to be true but speak the truth speak truth, even if you know that it's gonna that it's gonna hurt i I was listening to this podcast or or sermon by Vodi bacham and he touches on this we would not this is to the christian community we would not make excuses for an adulteress Mm. We would not try to soften that. You know, we love you, and we understand. You know, people can fall into this sin, and people fall in in a, in a love, and fo- they fall out of love. You know, we wouldn't make excuses for certain sin, but when we get to this issue of homosexuality, we tend to think that we have to walk on eggshells, and yeah. and I think that's the that's the wrong that's a, if people are asking for truth, they're they're tr- they're seeking truth, then we need to answer them honestly, but with loving overtones. Uh, like
1: I had. Last week, I had two two guys come up to me at work and and they're like, do you think we're going to hell? I was like, whoa, like that was that was quite the question. But but they were asking me that. And out of obligation for me being a Christian, I have to speak truth. Of course, I did in a loving way. I'm like, I'm not God. I can't make that decision. But when you're approached with those difficult conversations, always lean towards speaking the truth. Don't walk on eggshells or stray away from that because that'll be doing more harm in the long run anyways
0: mm-hmm.
1: um but yeah kind of going back to
0: so so that there's that side of it but but again doing it in in a loving in a loving
1: in, in a loving way. loving
0: way and if you can't do it in a loving way don't do don't it don't do it because you make a mess i agree you know and you hurt people and you, and you hurt your testimony of the church and and christians and yeah. i'm sorry that my phone keeps ringing is I, that your phone i put it on silent so i don't know why it's doing uh, it so that's I okay but anyhow so, so sorry people you're hearing um, rings and buzz
1: it's okay that maybe they won't even hear it. but yes christian response speaking truth in love i think that's just so important love on them yeah. just keep loving cool yeah
0: so i think that's it
1: yeah i think we covered it very well we will talk to you next time on he said she said where faith intersects with culture
0: Ooh-ha.